Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Oh, goodness. Uh, Reunited, baby. And welcome back to another episode of Spears and Steinberg. Uh, That's us. Back since apart. Uh, Did you miss me, Sweetcakes? I I did miss you. See, isn't that nice? Yeah, uh, I miss traveling, too. So where were you? Uh, I stayed in New York. I stayed, well, in... uh, in Jersey, actually, I was. At, I, I went to Bananas after we did um, uh, Levity Live in West Nyack. And how was that? Bananas. I like Bananas. Bananas is different, though. It's not like a. It's not like a. It, it, it is a regular comedy room, but it's in a hotel. Right. And uh, it's just a. It's a cool show that's gone on for uh, since the eighties. So um, it's just fun. It's fun. It's fun to do it, and it, I got to stay with. Uh, Tara gets to hang out with my girlfriend for a week that we haven't ever done before. Uh, right. In in so I shouldn't say never, but we haven't done that since she's moved out here. Where I had uh, time to spend with her on the weekend because uh, we only do one show on Friday and right. two on Saturday, and then Sunday's off. And you headlined, right? No, no, oh. no, no. I just featured. Oh, okay. Who's headliner? Jim Florentine. Oh shit! So you worked with Florentine? Yeah. Oh fuck! Okay, did he treat you nice, dude? Such a nice guy, and you know, yeah, I'll say something that's going to sound like you say that I never say these things. I think a lot of people on the road when they're doing shows, a lot of times, like you, we didn't always know who your feature was going to be, right? And so he didn't know you. He didn't know me. Was but, he receptive? And he was receptive to you. So receptive, but I just think that the expectations become so low for for you guys because you don't know who you're going to get, and so you put the bar low so right. so that you don't have to be disappointed in what comes out before you. And did he seem like he, he wasn't disappointed? No, no, he was really he was he was surprised. Um, I think he was. I think he was caught off guard by not off guard, but I think he was surprised by some of the stuff that I talked about in the way that I talked about it. And kind of riffed a little and had some fun with the audience. Did he ask you about any of that? Yeah, like, like, yeah, we talked about it after did, the show. You'd be like, "Nigga, I spar with the champ." Nigga. <laughs> I spar I with it, Ali. I said it exactly like that. I See, said it exactly like that. Because there was no black folks around, so uh, threw it out like that. Right. 
no, it was good, but that that was fun, and it was it was just it, it was good to be in. in in somewhere for a couple of weeks without having to go anywhere else. So, that, right. but he, but, but, and, and does he sell, does he sell, uh, merch? Yeah, he sells merch after the show. And he was cool with you selling your merch and all side of that. Side by side. Wow. So, if somebody asked you, yo, who treats you better? The white guy or the black guy? <laughs> who's, who's better to you, Andy? Uh, well, at this point in my life, the the black dude that I work with almost every week uh, treats me better. Better never better. forget when your bread is buttered nickel, <laughs> precise nickel. But uh, it, it, you know what? It, it's also it also makes you appreciate. Um, like I like I, I had a great time with Jim, but there's some things that we do after right. the show. We'll go have some drinks after right. the show. We can talk about comedy right. and you know i talked to jim for quite a little quite a while after the show actually on one of the nights but i mean right. we i just kind of wasn't vibing like that we're family you know but it was cool though yeah man. it was cool see what happens this is why i'm saying side pussy make wifey pussy better <laughs> he wouldn't got him some side comedy that side comedy and that that main comedy is more appreciated you understand <laughs> what i'm saying uh and that works both ways man because you know i was in uh i had two back-to-back Stinkers, uh, you just told me, you just educated me on this as we did the Brad Williams and Adam Ray podcast. You just, you just pulled my coattail and schooled me on this. How the fuck do I now get around this, but still say what I want to say? You say I can't name the places. No, don't name the places, and just say the crowd wasn't as receptive to you as you. But can I name the city? No, no, that gives it away. I think you can name the city. I was in a certain part of Ohio (laughs) and a certain part of Florida that ain't the cool spots. A la Miami, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm, Tampa, and Orlando into a much, much less retarded third cousin degree Jacksonville. Um, and, uh, And we've been to one of these places in Florida before where it's just super conservative Trump country all the way old tight whites I mean fucking the women's bad chest cleavage looks like alligator stomach it's just it's, <laughs> that's such a such a great description and so horrible at the same time it's just ugly um and you know it, it was it was a, it was a tight fight you know uh of course yeah my side comedy was aight. Um and it was just one of those places where when you walked in you just went oh no. I did the I did the Joe Pesci from Goodfellas when he looked at the room and thought he was going to be made and realized it was a hit. <laughs> oh no. Wow. Um yeah man, it was just tight. It was work. It was I had my dentistry my dentistry kid out trying to pull these fucking teeth, man. <laughs> and at one point, and, it, and again, you know, it was it was it was just real. It's that super conservative shit. And there are certain parts of the country, this particular part of Florida, where you could just tell. I even asked the the the, the club manager from the drive from the hotel into the club. Yo, this is because I, I could smell it. I could. I, was, I said, "This is Trump country." He was like, "Oh yeah, heavy." So I said, "How do Trump's jokes go over?" Go over. He goes, you know, they'll take it in stride as long as you're not preachy. He goes, and I forget the comic he told me. One comic came in, kind of hit it, hit it a little bit, and then got off of it. 
and they appreciated it. It was cool, whatever. But then it was like, then we had, you know, Christopher Titus here. And, you know, Christopher is a huge, yeah, he, let he, me kick this nigga in his balls, Trump hater. And when he goes in. He goes hard. Yeah. And he was like, you know, people walked out and were upset. So you had to kind of find a medium. And at one point, I even had to address the elephant in the room and tell the crowd, look, you motherfuckers need to loosen up. I know you're tight. I know you're white. And and the place I was performing in, first of all, again, let me, I can't say it. It had high ceilings with beams. So I just looked up at the high beams and I was like, I know some of y'all still got niggas tied up in your backyard right now wondering, should, should we cut these niggas down? Nah, it's almost Christmas. Leave them up. They'll make great ornaments. And, and it, again, it was one of those things where you could just feel having a black guy, first of all, in their presence in any capacity is something that wasn't common. And then having someone talk so openly and honestly about what you know they think and feel or at least say when niggas ain't around. They, they liked it. They, they, they really did. They didn't show it, but they appreciated the fact that it was like, oh, yeah, he, he, he whooped our ass in a, in, a, in, a, in a weird way. They, they don't like, white people don't like to run from nothing. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> the fact that I made them face the shit they didn't want to face, but they didn't want to run from, but was happy in a, in a weird sexual way. I made them feel the pain. It, it, it worked out. Comedy, if comedy doesn't challenge you a little bit, yeah. Then someone just told you jokes. Right. And I, I'm, I'm, and you know, we're, we're, we always say we're in the business of telling jokes, but you know, there's a reason why when the dealers are out on the corners, one man's product is better than another. And you know, and I want my, I want my blue magic to be <laughs> at its highest potency. And uh, for any white people that just joined the podcast, look up what, Blue Magic is yeah. So the movie American Gangster, heroin, and back in the in the seventies. But name brand like Coca Cola. Yeah, like 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 Pepsi. It's a name brand. It's a great. I love it. You just do me the oop. Like Pepsi, that's a name brand, and they know me even if they know that more than the owner of General Mills. So yeah, uh, American Gangster in the building, y'all. Speaking of which, which is a great segue, uh, I saw Equalizer too, man. And I know I saw it, and it was funny because when you told me, right, and I said I just saw it as well because I saw it over right. Thanksgiving. Uh, I saw it, on- and I had thought when you originally said it, you meant to, but you had seen one. I said I seen one earlier, earlier, and I had yeah. thought for some reason you had been seen two, but yeah. we ended up both seeing two, obviously at the same time. So, what's just Siskel and Ebert? See, again. Like I, I to, to get rid of the, I, I can't take that leap of faith sometimes in the movie where I have to. In one, when he kills the dude at the end, that part was cool. But then you know they walk out and everybody's dead, and you got to go. You talking like, about from Equalizer one. one. So then two why comes in. Why can't Denzel be that of that bad motherfucker that all the white boys are? We've but, seen all the white boys do that. I, no, you know, you know, who, I'm going to tell you the only person, and I don't even know if this fits your age group. The only person I really believe Charles Bronson. That's it. That is it, Charles Bronson. That is so. Because he funny. had a gun and shot everybody. But you, he, you looked at Bronson. You were like, "Yeah, I, I believe he could have done that." Yeah, but them, them, <laughs> them seventies dudes. Them was a different brand of man. You know, them motherfuckers yeah. lit cigarettes on their chest. Charles Bronson wasn't like. That's what's funny. He wasn't like a leading man, good looking. Not dude. at all. He was no. that average dude that could fuck you up. Uh, yeah, and he was a movie star. 
I don't know that he was a movie star. He was a Death Wish one part one, two, and three star. Well, and three is pushing it. Death Wish was the end of his of his. He's, he was hot before that. Yeah, Charles Bronson was. Oh, the we'll see. Dude. Now I might be showing my age and yeah. you showing yours because only thing I knew about Charles Charles Bronson was. Death Wish. Charles Bronson was the dude, so I could believe it for that. Uh, you know what? It, it, and so in one, though, I get it, and it was good. It, it was, it was the movie was good. Two, it's just it's a little slower. I could anticipate, you know, like like sequels. I could anticipate where things were going. Right, and and. and uh, it was cool. It was cool. Like they tried to do that. I don't want to take away what you're going to say, but suspension of disbelief. Suspension of disbelief. But when you when they were. Um, when well, they were, were when they were the way it was filmed in the end, I'm going to let right. you talk about it because that's that that was on you. Well, going back to what you were saying about suspension of disbelief again in one, you're talking about that. And if you ain't seen one by now, well, then you're a chump. But spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Not really. Was how he went to that the the, the main guy who was the mansion, the mansion, and he just killed all the henchmen and everybody. Just there to protect him, right? And just walks out, and as he's walking out, the camera shows all the damage he did. Yeah, all the he was just that bad, man. He was a bad motherfucker. I here's, but to you, but to that note, because I'm such a Denzel fan, I can get lost in whatever it is I'm supposed to get lost in. And then again, that's why you know I apply the racial aspect. If the white boys could have, could do it and have done it, why why a nigga can't do it? Um. But this motherfucker in the second one goes into the projects, uh, knocks the, the dude out in the elevator who's you know supposed to be protecting the stopping anybody from going up to the main floor. Then this motherfucker Denzel walks in with two guns and a room full of niggas with guns to grab out the young man who was almost like I don't want to use I don't know if the word protege is you know the right word but he was like almost like a, a guidance yeah. slash father figure to him and he snatches the kid out the projects and and right when he tells the what's the kid's name what do you remember his name i don't know what his name was and the word you were looking for was mentor his mentor Man, not mentor but yeah i'm gonna say his name was miles because that's just what sounds right to me and that miles i hear denzel <laughs> when i hear miles <clears throat> all right let's go miles miles let's go and so he leaves, and one of the black dudes say to the other black dude, or the, the, the gangbangers, who the fuck was that nigga? And then you cut to Denzel and the Miles down in the lobby for a good chunk of change, trying to try to hammer this shit out. Yeah. And none of them niggas from the from the from the top floor come to get these dudes. Yeah. You just gonna walk into the projects, an old man that don't nobody know. You ain't no. You ain't you ain't you ain't announced yourself for showing yourself to be a cop, and you just walk out and chill in the lobby, and ain't a gang of them niggas coming to kill you. That's that's the suspension of disbelief for me. But again, it's Denzel. Uh, so I'm gonna roll with it. But the scene that you we, we talked about that you didn't like is the outside. The ending. Yeah. The I I. I the and they it they have I didn't like the storm. With all the gray and the raininess and the wind, I felt like I couldn't. It, it it distracted me from the climax of what was the action, the him killing these motherfuckers and being that bad motherfucker. I didn't like that setting. I didn't know that I like how he killed the the dude who needed to die at the end with the fight up top on yeah, the thing. Yeah. What did you like about it? I, don't, I wanted something 
I don't. I wanted some like more that that born born identity. Like the, it was the, pretty the, damn the, close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something. Something was missing for me. Let me ask you this. And, and, and since we still again talking about dispension of disbelief, because here's something we both said that we both noticed. Denzel look old, don't yeah, he? Yeah, he he's gotten he's it's showing. Gotten, but maybe like you said I, his eyes look tired. His eyes look tired. Right. But maybe that was part of the character. Was nah, it was him, nah, nah. Because he was supposed to be being an older, an older nah, guy. Nah, but that ain't no. It, that's just Denzel's looking. Age is looking. Dude, he's sixty. What is he? He's sixty one. I mean, and, and, I, and I mean, he looks good for sixty one. Yeah. But the barometer for him is that's Denzel. Anytime you associate movie star sexiness, women love type dude. Denzel was you didn't even say his last name. Girls girl Denzel. That's Denzel. So the fact that this nigga looks like, you know, he don't have that, you know, he don't have that prime skin no more. His skin ain't prime, nigga. It's it's 61 now. And it's showing. You know, you know, like the saying black don't crack. I think you think, you know, black dudes age better. White people age. I mean, black people age better than white people. Like I was in my manager's office yesterday. And saw a magazine with Harrison Ford on the cover. And he had on a tight t-shirt. And he looked like he was trying to showcase his guns. But old man muscles, nigga. Even when they in shape. Old man mu- muscles just look like an attempt to stay sexy. And it looks worse. Dude, you know, when, when you're saying that about white dudes, though. Clint Eastwood. Oh. Doesn't look alive. Right. Yeah. And I like like if you if you said hey just name an actor that you'd want to go have lunch with right I, I'd probably living he'd have to be living right. not that weird you know anyone from any given time just right. an actor you could just go have some lunch with I think right. he would have, because he also directs and he's directed some great movies right. I'd like to go have uh, lunch with that dude just to see how long he stays breathing yeah but I'm thinking like <laughs> my time is limited I got to get somewhere in right, time right. if I'm going to get to get to have lunch with this dude um, but he. Uh, like you, you it, I don't know. Like the the, if you're white and you're outside a lot, that's what you're gonna look like, like Clint Eastwood, right? And that's not a good look. Yeah, you know, again, man, it uh, it starts to question. Like we just did, uh, and you know, as we told people, you know, we're trying to build this podcast, and you know, we've been told that the the correct way to go about it is to do other people's podcasts. So I'm kind of happy, man, because we've knocked down. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if is major the right word to use, but at least some uh, significant. Some people that are making noise in, that in are making the, noise in, in the game. Yeah. Like you know, we knocked down uh, Greg Fitzsimmons. We've done now uh, Adam Ray and Brad Williams about last about night about last night podcast. Today we just did the t- the fighter and the kid. kid with Brian Callen, and I don't even know my man's name. Oh, we're gonna we're, we need to fix that real quick. Yeah. Um, and and you know, on my wish list, I don't know if it'll happen. You know, I would have loved to have, you know, got Mark Marin, which I don't think is going to happen because I've reached out and haven't heard back. And the motherfucker knows who I am. Uh, Bill Burr, if I ever see him and have the balls, I'll find out whether he really likes me or not. And of course, Joe Rogan, which I don't think we'll ever get. But keep hope alive, baby. Um, yeah, we talked about uh, on on the, on the Fugitive and the Kid about getting older and mortality. Yeah. Um, and it's just crazy because, again, you're looking at all these people who at one point when you were a kid were in their prime. 
and one by one as you get older, it doesn't dawn on you that they're getting older. I mean, you know they are, but it doesn't sink in because you go, when I was alive, you know, while I was young and my as a kid, they were alive and in their prime. And the fact that you're watching them grow old, even though physically you're going, yo, they're getting old, in your mind, they're not old. Because this is what you came up with. This is this is your childhood. But slowly but surely, you're looking at them and you're going, God damn, Bruce Willis looks old now. Denzel looks old now. You know, uh, uh, What's, what's my man Playboy Hugh Hefner gone Stan Lee just went and then you start going how long before Morgan go and he's 784 and you know Jack Nicholson is 81 and you know what I mean so you start Harrison Ford I think is 70 yeah so you just go how long 70 something yeah how long is these niggas gonna last but you know we, we've gotten older that's what I'm saying yeah so you, it's not like uh we aged with them, like in a way, like we didn't realize how old they got until they got old. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because when, as you're aging, you just see it in a progression. They still look good. Right. But it's that moment when, and you know you're not far behind. Right. Well, when you say you know that you're not far behind, you talking about me? All of us. We're all aging too. Where's some wood so I can punch the shit out of it? Fuck knocking. Uh, yeah, man. No, it just, again, it just makes you question your mortality. Because when you're young and you're in your prime, you know, you think foolishly. You, you think you're going to last forever and you, you feel like you're immortal and the world revolves around you. But as you get older and shit starts to hurt when you move and, you know, certain things that were fun for you in your 20s, 30s, still fun, but not as as much as other things. Uh, well, you know, when we were in um, in West Nyack. The chef goes, it wasn't the chef. It was actually one, it was one of the food runners. He said, because, uh, yeah, I don't want to, I'm trying not to do something because I, 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 I woke up and this hurt. I don't know why it hurt. It just hurts right here in my shoulder. And I said, how old are you? He goes, I'm 31. I go, that's why it hurts. Uh. And he goes, and then the other, then the chef, that's when the chef goes, yeah, that's why it hurts. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, you're 31. You start feeling little nicks here and there. Right. Then you hit 40, and then you actually feel a little pain. Right. Then you hit 50, which and you haven't got there yet. And it's all shit. It's daily. It's just there. You just Jesus deal with it. Jesus Christ. Is that what there is to look forward to? Dude, you, 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 this, the time on this planet's brief. Actually, what was it Chris Rocky said? No, the time on this planet is long. <laughs> it ain't brief. It's long. If, you, if, you, if you're lucky or maybe unlucky, depending on which side of the field you on it could be long and lovely or it could be long and horrible uh, I think but I think any uh, watching people fight to, to stay younger live longer I, I think it's brief people want to stay they want to they want to check this out as long as possible they want to stay around as long as possible yeah yeah that depends on what as long as possible means in terms of how you live in it you know I think you see people that are really ill and they still want to, not everyone, but a lot yeah. of ill people still really want to, I want to go, I'd like it to be easy. What's easy? Like in your sleep peacefully? Yeah. Peacefully in your sleep. Uh, 
you you know you fall i think it would be this is uh, this might just be the horrible person that i am right but i think it'd be awesome like i'm a little bit i'm quite a bit older than tara right, right. and and to be in good health but like go to sleep one night right just die right but was healthy right like there was yeah. no problem so she so she doesn't know i'm dead and she wakes up and she just thinks i'm sleeping right and she's like fucking with me trying to wake me up and then she realizes you're dead dead and then what happens? I don't know. She was sleeping next to a dead guy. That's it's awesome to me. That that would be the last. That would be my last joke on earth. Is that I got to die and scare her? Like that would be. Ladies and gentlemen, this weird white moment has been brought to you by Hellman's mayonnaise, uh, Velveeta cheese. The, no, I'm naming shit that's all white. Velveeta is pretty white, dude. And, no, no, uh, hacky sack cargo shorts, <laughs> and uh, a fine blended of assortment. Of Jesus, I would love to have the last that last scare, like because Tara really does not like to be scared, and I love, right. just, like sometimes I'll, sometimes when we're just talking like we are right now, right. I'll just go boo like that, just just out the blue, just just to scare the shit out of her, right? Pisses her off, and I just think that just to scare her that one last time, right, would be the the ultimate. Well, let me, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, uh, dude. I got the runs, I gotta take shit. No, no, don't hit it yet. Uh, through the power of editing, I'm going to go and we're going to be right back. And we're back. Ooh. <laughs> ah. Oh, I feel like Peter uh, Griffin whenever he hits his knee. <laughs> ah. Ooh. All right. Um, <clears throat> something else that happened that was kind of funny from a cultural standpoint. Uh, let me rejog your memory. As we drove to my house from where we were yesterday, I think after the podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, you were hungry, so we stopped. Oh, yeah, yeah, out, yeah. And you got a burger, fries. And a Coke. And a Coke. And my daughter, my four-year-old daughter, uh, wanted some of your fries. Yes, she did. And you gave them to her. Yes, I did. And... I was trying to use a paper bowl that I got, and I was going to have you shift the fries out of your container into the bowl, <clears throat> but it was too late. You had used your hands, yep, and you were just taking fries, pinching fries with your fingers. Several times, though. Several times. On purpose. And in my mind, I was going, no. And I'm like, if her mother had seen you do that, it would have been a conniption. Uh because here's something uh, I don't know if the white race understands about black people when it comes to food. Uh, we don't eat behind nobody. We don't drink behind nobody. And hands is a no-no. Uh, and, and, and again, I don't maybe you'll have an answer for me, but one of the things that I've learned amongst my studies as far as the uh, hacky sack race is uh, you guys are very open, and you, for some reason y'all don't have the same kind of uh, tendencies, phobias, 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 my right, phobias about shit that niggas have, uh, and that's that one was a big no no. Yeah, but I see, and I and I know that, and that's what was even funnier to me. And I don't know if you noticed, I counted, it, I I put three handfuls in, and then handed one to her, right. Because to me that was, I, I, I could see your face, right? And I wanted you to say something, but you didn't. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was one of those awkward moments where you knew you, I, I guess I was supposed to step in, but I had stepped in quick enough. But, you, but what, what, what do you say? What would you, what, what, I mean, in, in rationality, how, how do you say, hey, you can't touch? No, nah, I, I just would have, if I would have, if I would have been able to swoop in in enough time to where you would get ready to go get the fries, I'd have probably just been like, hey, just, just throw them in the bowl. Like, just as soon as it's, you know. Just shake them in there. Shake yeah, them just in shake them in the bowl. Uh, <laughs> You know, because it's just, you know, we don't get down like that. <laughs> no, and, and, and I know I probably told this story on the podcast, so this is a repeat. But uh, I was working on Mad TV, and uh, my main writer, my main black dude, matter of fact, one of the only one of two black dudes on the whole staff, he had ordered some lunch. Is this Devin? Huh? Devin? Devon? Devon, yeah, yeah, I told Devon. the story, right? No, no, no I, just, I just, I want to know if it was Devon. Devon, yeah. yeah. Um and, you know, the writers, when it's lunchtime, sometimes they just, you know, they order food from places. So he had ordered from Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. And at the time, we also were under the clock so to finish writing the sketch. So I'm in the office, and it's I'm in Devon's office, and it's me, Devon, and a white writer, old white man by the name of Chris Cluse. So Devon gets his, his chicken and waffles, right? And he opens up the styrofoam container. He's got the chicken. He's got the waffles. And he's got these fries. And everything is smelling good, piping hot. The steam is coming off this motherfucker. And at one point, uh, Chris just, you know, grabs a couple of fries. (laughs) And what was so funny to it about, what was so funny about it to me was prior to the touching of the fries, it was jovial in the room. We was we was laughing, having a good time, talking about the sketch. And it'd be funny if, yeah, but then he got a, <laughs> woo. And I mean, everything stopped. <laughs> like if, if. He spit on the fries. Nah, nigga, like if, if, if nigga, a nigga walked into a clan meeting <laughs> on accident, it just stopped. And Devon looked over at Chris and said, hey, don't do that, man. Don't you ever do that, man. And what that was already killing me. But what really made me laugh afterwards is that the look on Chris's face, he looked like a child who'd been scorned. And he couldn't understand what he did wrong. But see, I find this amazing about, uh, and we talk about this a little bit, and we talk about it more in, per- in person when we're talking about cultural differences. And I've watched a black dude eat a steak Barehanded, just breaking off pieces of a steak. But that's our mate. That's our steak. It's different when it's our I shit. Get it? But it's still. You just, think that's weird that, that, that he would, as opposed to what a knife and fork? Fork? Yeah, just breaking pieces off. Knife well, and fork was available. I, well, I don't want that perception to come off savage and animalistic when stereotypically we've been described as savages and animals. We do use knives and forks. The yeah. majority of us use knives and we forks. We were at a fast food place and it was that cheap plastic fork right. and knife. Right. And it was not a fast food. It was We, we, we got into go containers. Right. So it looked like fast, but it isn't. And he didn't like the, and so he was just sometimes, peeling it off. Sometimes that meat be so motherfucking good. <laughs> You don't want that plastic to get in the way. I, I get it, though, because a lot of times things come sliced. It just wasn't sliced, so he just sliced Well, listen, it. And, and I'll be the f- I'll be one to say, sometimes black people, we have phobias that, that there's, I don't even think there's any real, like you did your homework and you know from either your own personal bad experience 
or you just know from having dug up so much truth. I think sometimes black people, we get phobias because it's just a thing we're supposed to have because what we heard from our friends or our relatives, like the pork thing, like, like niggas kill me with that one. Yo, man, you can't fuck with that swine, B. You don't fuck with that pork, man. Yo, that pig a filthy beast. Pigs eat their own shit. Pigs, the pig is the dirtiest animal in the game. Well, first of all, anybody that cooks knows, a personal chef will tell you, uh, you cook anything at a certain temperature, you can kill it. So I don't understand what's the phobia about the... The pig being so filthy when when you cook it at a certain temperature, yeah, but it's, it's gone. But it's in its, it's it's been absorbed into its DNA. But it doesn't matter once you cook it, yeah, unless you eat that motherfucker alive and raw. Right, it's not gonna. It's not gonna affect you. And here's another one for any of you out there that like spaghetti, pizza, lasagna, anything cooked in a marinara. Guess what they cook it in? Pork. Surprise. You're eating pork. And how the fuck, furthermore, don't you like pork? Who the fuck doesn't like bacon, nigga? Have you ever had Virginia Virginia honey ham? The I, ham with the black rim around yeah, it, the black forest? I don't eat ham, though, anymore. Man, that shit is so sweet. Let me tell you something, man. <laughs> pork is the uh, pussy of meats. How did, I don't, I, I, fowl, beef, fish, all delicious. But pork is the pussy of meats. Come on, man. Dude, my if Porky Pig was a female, <laughs> I would get wood. Porky Pig is a dude, but that coat with nothing else on <laughs> and them black hooves that look like heels. <laughs> Come on, man. Porky ain't never moved, you be. Por- Porky ain't never moved a needle on your nod. No. You crazy. Bugs Bunny. Hell. Bugs Bunny dressed when Bugs Bunny, the, the, the chick Bugs Bunny. Nah, B. Porky Pig. See, this is the difference between black and white dudes right there. I picked the skinny tall one. With no ass. And you picked the thick one. Damn right. With coat with nothing else on and some black stilettos. (laughs) Come on, son. (laughs) But what I like best, I you know, white people have an idea of what, uh, like these ideas of what uh, black people do. Like, like, this is what, you know, from like mythology that they hear this. Right. But black people have the same thing about white people because I have a friend named his name's Jerry. He's a comedian too. His, his brother, um, uh, I, I'll just I'll just say he's he's a comedian. Jared, he's fucking the dude's funny. And uh, but we were hanging out one day, and I think it was in the green room. I'm not even sure where it was, but I was eating some chicken, like some nuggets, right. and one of them fell. And I looked down at it, thinking, should I pick that up and throw it away, or should right. I just leave it there and pick it up after I'm done eating? Right. And he, as soon as he saw me look at it, he goes, "Hey." You're not gonna eat. You're not gonna eat that, are you? That's something on the ground, right? And I'm like, no, man. I was just thinking whether I was gonna throw it away or just leave it there, right? Because man, I don't know about you. white people have these fucking rules. This five right. second rule. Y'all do. Did you but y'all that? do. Yeah, in my house, like you said, maybe I know I clean there and I'm not worried about it. But on yeah, the floor see, at a man. green room yeah, at a man. at a club, no. I, maybe like I said, I, I I like it. What your your example is like. What I said about the steak and the and the knife and fork example, we know the majority of you don't eat off the floor, but we know you motherfuckers have made exceptions. <laughs> the majority of black people use a knife and fork, but there are some niggas who you know who eats steak with no knife and fork or utensils or any meat. Asians. No. What? 
them southern niggas. Yo, okay. But them, hey, them, 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 how much that CD wool? Yeah, well. What, what, what are you? Those Asians Pussy use, use, use sticks, nickel. though. Them niggas use their t- fans and feet and toes, nigga. Eat steak. <laughs> uh, I just think it's funny that, you know, I, I was thinking about this in the car, because we, we, Aries and I, believe it or not, we'll have, we'll have actually meaningful discussions sometimes. And uh, we're not talking, and, and I really thought about this. And culturally speaking, and culturally this, and culturally that. Right. If you could, if you could remove our brains, because I saw that uh, something in the shell, the something in the shell. It's the uh, a movie. Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, is that what it is? Ghost where, in the where, Shell. Who, who's it's based it? off a video game. Who Who is it? Who stars in that? I want to say Charlize Theron. Not not Charlize Theron. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, yeah, it is that one. Is yeah. that, that where they take the brain and they just they take it out and they put it into a, a robot body, basically, right? So, let me. This is my question then, because we're we're doing all this culture, and I think of you this way, and you think of me this way. How if we just had brains? If you just put them on the shelf. There was just right. brains. They were active though. They could right. they could think. They could you could talk wow, to. Wow, out of the heads. Uh, just just a brain out of the body. Out of the body. Right. Just a brain. Right. Do we all get along if it's just a brain? It depends on where on the shelf we're placed. <laughs> if your brain is on a higher shelf than me, there's the conflict. Okay, it's one long shelf. Everybody's on the same height. Someone get a better jar, a better view. Yeah, there's a lot of different equations in that scenario. Dude, I was just thinking that the only thing that really... I get the culture culturally because we all grow up different. Right. But if you could remove that, the if you in more like we're... You're you're acceptant like like Anthony or Bourdain, you know, who would travel all over, and he met, and he embraced the idea of different cultures. Yeah, but if you just were able to take the visual part of out of uh, society, where, uh-huh. and it was just brains, just gray brains on a shelf, right? Do, does everybody get along then? Maybe. Isn't it? But he could. I just want to get to the part where someone just goes, "How ridiculous the thought process is of taking the brains out of the." No, just the, 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 what separates us is pigment, visual pigment. I see you. You look this way. I see this yeah, Asian but, dude but, looks but, this but, way. But again, what you're saying in terms of the brains on the shelf thing, it's a very noble ideology. It's a very oh that would be nice. But the fact is. We we live in the bodies we live in. I understand that, but what I'm asking is: is that really is that when we come down to it, is it just pigment that separates us? No, it's more than that. But it, oh, okay, but if you walked into a room and no one had any color, it was the same color. Everybody was just the same, right? Even if we kept the cultures, we wouldn't have a problem, would we? I guess not. I mean, look, <clears throat> do Chinese people have a problem with their own Chinese people? No, but they have problems well, with other Asians. Right. So why, I, my question then becomes, why is that? Y'all both some slanty-eyed motherfuckers. Because <laughs> everybody wants to see it. It, it, it. What makes one Asian think he's better than another? It's the team mentality that we were trying to. We talked a little right. bit on the, on the, what the, he didn't call it, he tribal mentality. Tribal, right. The, once you're in the, once you, you identify as part of a tribe. Right. So if we put those, if we put all brains on a shelf, and one was on the one was on the left shelf, and one was on the right shelf, eventually those brains would become tribal, and the right the right shelf would become we're right shelf brains. Yeah, they'd find a reason to beef with each other. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I got to go back because it, it reminded me of a funny uh, joke Billy Gardell had uh, 
funny fucking dude, Billy Gardell. I, I hadn't seen, I haven't seen all of his stand up, but the one special he had halftime was fucking great. Where he talked about because going back to the five second rule or when you drop some food yeah. on the ground, and he was talking about how he grew up with tough parents, and he goes, you know, if if I dropped a sandwich on the ground, uh, my dad would look at me and go, "What are you doing? Pick it up." He goes, "Go ahead and eat that." First five bites are crunchy, but after that, you're good for the rest <laughs> of the life. First five bites are crunchy. crunchy. I just love that. It just reminded me of that. Well, but there was a time when you couldn't waste food. Because the the people that, the, the parents that came out of the depression era, right? They weren't wasting any food. Yeah, uh, but you know, not wanting to eat your food and throw it away, as opposed to it fell on the ground. Yeah, there, there is that's, a difference. That's a little different there. But it's it's so if so if we were driving, right. me and you were driving, and uh, we stopped at the drive the drive through, right? And by the way, Aries always puts. This is very funny about Aries too. He always has to have his food in a separate bag. My my food is not allowed to. Uh, and, and that has nothing to do with any kind of phobia. You know, I know, I know what it's about. Okay, it's about getting your order correct. A and B. Uh, you know, when they when you got two different orders, two separate orders of fries in the same. That's bag, my question, though. Yeah, you, we don't know what the count is. No, okay, without the count. There's two orders of fries in there, and I just reach in, I grab two fries. Right. Is they it, could, they it, could be it, from my pile. Is that bag done, though? Are you t- touching Not, any of those fries? The bag ain't done because we got separate shit to begin with. No, but I'm saying if we didn't, if they just put it two Ain't no orders- we didn't, nigga. I'm on it. <laughs> I'm adamant. I'm adamant. Dude, it was, uh, the, the best was we were in Vegas, and we were at, uh, uh, what's the, the White Castle? Yeah. And it's 3.40 in the morning. Yeah. And I don't know if you ever dealt with uh, people who make burgers at three forty in the morning, but they don't give a fuck about your base or your wants or your needs. They just they want to give right. you what they want to give you your shit, right. and they want you to get the fuck out. Nigga, I have a laser like <laughs> focus when it's time to order my food. I don't give a fuck what kind of drunken stupor I am in. My back straightens up, my chin comes out, and I speak proper. Old English. Yeah, and when you do that, especially at the drive-thrus late at night, right. I'm telling you, that white dude behind the counter, he mm-hmm. touched all your fries. He didn't use the scoop. <laughs> he ball with his hands? <laughs> he grabbed him out of that bed uh, with his hands and he threw him in there. Oh, my God. Um, real quick, I'm curious. What was that Stan Lee, Bill Maher shit about? Bill Maher said something about... Uh, because everybody made a huge deal about stan lee passing passing and i think it i think it is kind of a big deal because he's a he's a comic book icon yeah and, and culturally the comic books changed a lot of our culture regardless because uh comic books were back when boys used to be boys yeah read some comic books yeah uh and the stories changed and he changed them and stan lee did a lot of things stan lee is actually the one who wrote oh, the original my daughter hey he wrote the original up, Black, pa- Black Panther. What up, Mama? She has cookies. She has cookies. What's up, baby? Because we're recording podcasts. Want to say hello? Who do you want to say? Come say hello. No. All right. Goodbye. You got to close the door, though. <laughs> Y'all heard that? I see. I told you. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> she has a rap. 
she came in and said, and she's four. She said, shut the fuck up, motherfucker. Get away, niggas. The lovely Jada, everybody. <laughs> Beat that, Nia. <laughs> Bill Burr's podcast. Uh, now I don't even remember what we're saying. Uh, oh, Bill. Bill Stanley. Stanley. Uh, the original uh, Black Panther was written mm-hmm. by a Stan- uh, was I, I don't know if he wrote the whole thing. I know that he, he it was part of his ideas. And he was a very progressive guy who wrote comics and storylines that were more adventurous because there was comic books, obviously, before him. Right. Uh, and came up with Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk. And these are all stories that you know people are watching, but he was Bill Maher kind of made it, is this, is this that important that we were all... Right. Um, and, and I don't know exactly the wording that he used, but uh, it, it caused this uh, this firestorm that came out of the Stan Lee camp because Stan Lee's uh, oh, has the, the pal boy. The one thing you don't fuck with is the fanboys. Yeah, the Marvel universe, the DC universe, especially even in the music sense, you don't fuck with the Moist Boys, the Beehive, the fucking Rihanna dudes, <laughs> the the the. The Nicki Minaj camp, you don't the, the the Moist Boys, they come at you niggas. They Dixby, they stingers. Yeah, he they were upset with him, so they they let him have it. About uh, so you, you know, I, and I love Bill Maher because again, I envy the fact that he does political comedy in a way I know I can't, and I'm a faithful watcher and lover of real time, especially when he does new rules. And you know he look he stands firm on his decision or on or his feelings on being an atheist, but he he does come off as one of those guys that you want to see taken down a peg or two. It, it, it it's yeah it, it there there is a little bit of superiority that comes out in the way he says things, right. but at the same time, when he's on the show and he's doing his show. Uh, he's very balanced to give the, an opposing view. Oh no, he's very he, no, speak. no. He's a great host in terms of trying not to ha- let, let his bias uh, make the the opposition feel uncomfortable or treat them unfairly. Uh, and, and as a matter of fact, whenever he's had some people on from the right, when he knows that the majority of the panel is left, and and the and, and the audience, he'll 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 tell them, hey, look, give them credit. This is not an easy thing to do. This is brave on their part to come here and face this fire. And he'll even tell his audience, you know, back off a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I, re- I respect all that. I did, but there, there is just, I, and it's just in his tone that he comes off like. Yeah, like he, like he knows it. Yeah. Like, he, like he can't be wrong. Right. And, right. And, and, so, and that's what people are, when people are that confident, people go out, out to get them. Like, I, like I've seen people who do believe in God on the panel or who don't share his views on Muslims uh, who are Muslim fight him tooth and nail, make compelling arguments, and depending on how you look at it, you know, may have won the argument. But again, he just comes off like, I am not wrong. Yeah, the only time I've ever seen him is when uh, when he used the term house. Uh, house nigga. Yeah. Yeah. And, he and, had, and even, you know. But he brought someone on the panel. Ice to, Cube. To talk, yeah. Right, and, and, and Ice Cube. Even when Ice Cube checked him, he still kind of, Bill Maher, defended himself like, we'll agree to disagree. But he saw the point. I don't know that he did. You don't think he did? Why would you say we'll agree to disagree? Is that how he ended it? I don't know. Yeah, basically. I don't know. Yeah. 
that that's you know I would love to be that confident in terms of Bill Maher yeah to to be able to still ride your thought process right to its inevitable end right like I I mean I I, I don't know certainly it helps when you're rich so if all else fails and 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 show business or the world tells you go fuck yourself you can do so in a lavish lifestyle. Yeah, but there has to be more to it. I mean, uh, Louis C.K. does not want to stay at home. He's, I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he could be done. Right. But he's coming back. Yeah. But I'm just saying, people don't want to. I mean, if you, I think it, maybe it's just entertain, entertainers. But like um, that story that they were, uh, I don't want to steal Brian's story, but uh, basically a prominent actor who hadn't been acting wants to stay relevant. Right. I think that's the saddest thing is when you... Like I think it's awesome that and and take this for the way I mean it is that James Dean and Marilyn Monroe died when they did because who would want to see an unrelevant old baggy out of shape James Dean or Marilyn Monroe? But that would be if they had never accomplished success at its highest level, fame and wealth at its highest level. If you've done all of that then you just age in gracefully. But there's nothing worse than having achieved your dreams, haven't got haven't gotten the notoriety that you deserve, and you're struggling trying to maintain that notoriety or or trying to get that recognition and be old and fucked up and decrepit. But even if you maintain if you hit that that peak, if you hit that peak, I think it has to be hard for like an athlete. Athlete. Uh to to a degree, I would agree. To to be at that level, at that height of, of listen, do, if do, I don't think there's a day that goes by, and, and I don't know Magic Johnson personally, I don't know Larry Bird personally, and I would, if as an educated guess, from everything I've seen on Larry Bird in terms of documentaries and sports and interviews, so humble that he hurt his back digging a ditch at his own house. And that was that was the beginning of the end of his career, when he could have easily paid others to do it. Right. So of those three, probably the most humble was Larry. But for any athlete that's been hailed as one of the greatest, you have to believe there's a little bit of ego involved. So to what you're saying, I don't think there's a day that goes by that any of those three, especially Michael Jordan, who I believe we all know is the most arrogant of all of them. If they could have it back tomorrow and do it all over again at the height of their power and their sexiness as athletes, of course they would. But I don't think Michael Jordan or Magic, and again, certainly not Bird, all sitting around with a pity cup because they all have have lived and are living a spectacular life. Michael Jordan globally is known every he'd have to leave the planet to not get recognized. Right. And even if he went to a new planet and there was life there, they'd probably go or whatever the fuck that language is and whatever that alien shit is. He's that famous and he's worth billions. The man has his own jet with the Carolina blue and white with the Jumpman logo on the wing on the tail. I get what you're saying, and 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 yes, at the peak of those powers, that never, feeling and to never reach that again, to never reach that again, might plague him a little bit. 
But dude, I don't think that man is suffering. I, I, it's not about suffering, though. It's about yeah, being able. When you achieve the height of what you're going to do at a young age. Right. To, that's why comedy is amazing. Because a comic can... Mama, we're almost done. She, that's a really cute uh, bag, yeah. uh, bag, by the way, though. Yeah. I, I, it's funny when I see her with stuff that I know that you probably picked out, and it makes me laugh. Knowing right. that I, I don't the, know that I picked it out, but I damn sure bought it. <laughs> But to to uh, like as a comic, though you can re not not necessarily reinvent, but you you can progress, you can right. age, you can you can you can still be relevant. Your jokes right. can make something happen. Right? Hey, hey, hey! What's happening? Say something. What's up, Mama? Mama, I want to see what's on the top. What's on the top? Uh, it's a red marker. <laughs> Why you put a red marker? Because because Daddy Daddy farted into this mic. <laughs> Into the mic, and Andy didn't want to ever put his mouth near it. So this is my mic. This is the fart mic. But we're worried about French fries. <laughs> so what were you saying? <laughs> I'm saying that like that's that's one of the joyous parts about what we get to do is because we can keep st- we can stay relevant as long as we can t- continue to progress. But but you don't think at any point at any point. As a comic, when you were in your prime, and you know what comes with doing what we do on the road, you know what comes, wink, wink, with what we do. Yeah. Once you've aged to the point of George Burns, when you got George Burns' balls and you're not that guy anymore, you think that plays a part into it? it You'll probably say you don't care. Well, it, 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 I don't think it depends on how you age. Right. If that's all you were getting out of it, and then that started to fade away, that right. would. But if you, like I said, if you progressed, if you grew as a human uh, right. into a different, until you had a different point of view, or that different things were more important to you than other things when you, you know, were I, younger. I've never been to a Cosby show concert when him doing stand up. But I often wondered if he had not done what he had done and put himself in the position he's put himself in. One, it was a two-part question. Well, maybe one's a question and one's just a thought. If Cosby was scandal-free and none of this ever happened, because he is Cosby, he could still go anywhere and sell out a room, right? Yeah. Right. But do you think that because he's at the age he's at, he can capture the minds of people in their 20s, 30s, maybe 40s, or people 50 and beyond like him, I, I think, and this is where it comes with who you are as a comic. Mm-hmm. You, if you can capture their mind, if you're staying relevant to what their thoughts are, because when you look at people, but can an eighty year old man be thoughtfully relevant? Carlin stayed relevant for a long, long time, longer than right. I would have assumed he could have. Right, uh, and and what he was saying was still meaningful. Right. And look at the comics that are really like Burr's not a Burr's. How old is Burr now? Is he? He's in his fifties. Is he in his fifties or 50s. right right by fifty? Uh, Marin's <coughs> fifty. Uh, Chappelle is forty. What? Chappelle, I think Chappelle's two older, two years older than me. Okay, so forty five. Five. You're forty three. This is this. You're not young when you when you hit. I mean, you come up. Some people do hit earlier. Right. You were hit, uh, Eddie Murphy. And, and speaking of which, when we're talking here, that Eddie Murphy's a great example. Right. Even though he has movie uh, career and he has fame, you don't think that there's that that if he could get on stage and and have a room of 
2,000 people and one microphone and they're all listening to him just tell a joke and get in that big roar. Right. You don't think that's missed? You don't think that Pete That Eddie at, misses that? You don't think Again, I, I, that Again, I, I know we touched on this, but I, I think Eddie's a different bird, man. Maybe. I, I, I don't think that it's... It, it, he probably flirts with the idea of being a stand-up again because he's in the business of funny. And he ta- his talent is funny. But that don't mean... It's in your heart to do it anymore. Like, there's no way I, I, I honestly believe Mike Tyson, it don't cross his mind putting gloves on and knocking a motherfucker out because that's what he was doing. But, but, but it ain't in his heart no more to do that. But not only is it not in his heart, but his ability is there. How do, like, especially with actors, I just think that when you look at yourself and you've been in the business for 30 years right. and you saw yourself 30 years younger. Let, let's let this segue real quick to, to what we talked about in the car with Steve Kramer. Real quick, because we're talking yeah. about the being in the business and your yeah. heart being yeah. in it and your mind and all of that. And, and we got to quickly wrap it up because we're cutting down on time. If I wouldn't have took the, the liquid crap, we'd be done by now. But I, I took I took three minutes doing that. I, w- I want to do one political thing before we go. So you're going to have to throw five more minutes on it. All right. Um, long story short, funny comedian Steve Kramer out of Kansas City. He's in the business. He's white. He's good looking. He's talented. He opens for Pablo. He can play... Uh, guitar. guitar, he does impressions, he could draw his ass off. The dude is talented. He's doing something for me, and he texts me today and goes, because I'm in bad need of money and certain people I've been dealing with have kind of been screwing me, I'm about to try to get a regular job. And if I get hired for this regular job, I'm quitting the business. And if, if, as a dude in comedy, to hear another comic say that, knowing that they have the talent they have, I felt like, shit, man down. I got to give this motherfucker a pep talk. Because... If you're that fragile that you can't face a little bit of adversity and you're ready to pack it up and go home, how bad do you want this? Do uh, uh, a comedian once told me uh, he was uh, he was talking to a headliner and uh, she told him she said, "Listen, as long as you can stick in the business, you'll eventually make it because people just they take themselves out of the business. It eventually kills her soul. And they walk away. Right. And it's all about if you can last. But look at Burr. Right. Burr had that pop, and then there was, he kind of disappeared, and then he kind of came back a little bit, and then he hit, did that uh, thing in Philly, and then, right. and then his podcast and his comedy, and now he's the biggest thing ever. But what if he would have just said, fuck this shit? I've already, I already got, I already had a show. It didn't work out. I'm doing rooms, but I'm not growing. I'm done. Right. So we would lose the biggest, one of the biggest comics we have right now, because people just can't take it. Yeah, I mean, but damn, I mean, when you say he can't take it, if he's that distraught. Again, you have to question how bad did you ever really want it? Where, where, because we all know, ain't none of this gonna be easy, and you're gonna have to take your lumps. And listen, I understand it's one thing if, if you know, you're a working comic on the road and this is a career for you and you're struggling, but to not even be that to the point where you have to have a day job and you're struggling. I, I, my thing is just why quit if you got a day job, even if you're not getting a chance to. Fully live your dreams, meaning that the, your your only job is your comedy. That's your career. But until that pops for you, 
if having a day job is what gets you by, why why quit when again you're in a business where if one thing happens, your life is changed forever. But that day job, if you have this other thing, and I can speak from this, I can speak from without a doubt. If you have that day job and you have um, this entertainment career or hopefulness, right. it, it 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 kills you on that eight hours that you're at work. It it haunts you. It hurts you. It it, it breaks you. Because you're there and you're there. Like, why am I here? I get all that. But I would think what hurts even more is not being in it at all. Or you can focus on what your day job is. Get out of that. Grow that into something else. Go then to something else. Not everybody, I, I always, not everybody sees this the same I way. I always just believe if you truly love something, you don't walk away from it. You, you stay with it till one of you die we, until it's over we just talked not too long ago on the podcast about uh, I am comic right he walked away I mean he was kind of in the business right but he walked away from doing stand up well he didn't love it came back though wanted it but then the game changed yeah if, if you don't, well, he's if doing you, comedy right now he is but but it, you know if you don't stay in the gym and you don't stay sharp this shit will pass you by. Yeah. Not saying you can't ever get it back, your edge or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, there's wolves out here, man. There's, you know, hungry. Um, Jim Carrey talked about that. If you, if you stop, if you, you have to question the fact, if you get off that train that's moving, you've got all these things going for you. And it's moving. And even if you don't have a lot going for you, it's still, you're on a train. Right. You get off the train, are you ever going to even be able to get back on the train? Right. And that's everybody's fear. I think that's why when you, you make that decision just to walk away from it. What's the political thing? Uh, you, you didn't so, see- Steve, man, I'm going to talk to you, brother. Keep your head up. You, got- you, you, need, you need a pep talk. We need to have a, uh, I'm trying to think of, of all the sports movies, some of the greatest uh, coach pep talk scenes. I know Pacino had one in any given Sunday. I don't know what it is. Uh, all I remember from Blue Chips is with Nick Nolte is money, gobs of it. Uh, and De- Denzel uh, was crim. What was, was the movie? The football movie. Uh, all right, we're gonna change the way we block. We're gonna change the way we run. We're gonna play- change the way we eat. Remember the Titans. Yeah, that was my my favorite is Gene Hackman though in Hoosiers. I never saw that, dude. There's a scene. This is the greatest scene because this is, puts it all in perspective. Uh, they see he sees the other team comes out. I think it was Kansas. He sees them right. coming out. They're, they're big and they're strong. And and he went out and he measured the height of the rims. Mm. He says it's ten foot rim. It's a ten foot rim where we played back at home. Right. It's a ten foot rim on that that side. It's a ten foot rim. Nothing changes. Right. And I thought that that was the, and that's kind of like this. This we're we're all working against that ten foot rim. Yeah, but some niggas can jump. Yeah, but still ten foot rim. Yeah, but if you played if you if you played it without jumping, in your in your gym at home, you can play it in any gym. If we play it without jumping, we back to the Bob Cousy era with the Celtics in the black and white. That wasn't just Bob Cousy. Who else? Who else was playing on the Celtics team? With Bill Russell. Yeah, that nigga was jumping. No, he really didn't have to. Well, there we go. He was. T- he just lifted the ball. There it is. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about um, a point that I, I really did want to talk about. I think this is important. 
Uh, right now, there, they, there was a bunch of uh, f- photography and video of uh, the border where Trump's, uh, I guess, they, they keep saying Trump. and I, it, The military was down there, and they shot tear gas mm-hmm. because uh, the, the group that was trying to come over from Mexico kind of rushed the, the, uh, the entrance for in San Diego or uh, in Tijuana, sorry, right. to come over uh, and cross. And so they fired tear gas, and there's these pictures of a, of a, a woman with her kid, and she's like pulling them, and they don't. One has shoes on, and one doesn't have shoes on, and it uh, it touched the liberal media in a way to call out Trump, and this was horrible, and this shouldn't be done, and uh, what kind of animal is he? And they used a lot of words to describe him. Is a horrible person, uh, which I don't know how this works. I don't know if they have to call Trump before and tell him what they're going to do to to stop them from coming over. And this is not to support Trump, but I do want to talk about this just for a second. Uh, later, there was a little bit of investigation, and I don't know who did it, and it was probably Fox News. Uh, and, I, and I'm only saying that because I saw one article that did have Fox News on it, where in the Obama administration, uh, they would use tear gas... And uh, and stop these border crossings once a month for a period of like two years. It happened, and so this has been going on. And my issue, and again, we've touched on this a little bit, is if the if if the news likes you, if the media likes you, they're not they're going to look past certain. They're, it's not that they're going to look past. They're not going to look for certain things. Trump is a villain created by the media, and, and Trump. And I have no problem with them holding Trump accountable for what he's done or said. I don't like the way that he speaks. It embarrasses me as a person. But we have to stop playing politics if we're really going to, if we really want people to come together and stop fighting on the left and the right if we don't like something, we have to hold everybody accountable. And if we don't hold them accountable, then we need to say not that they're animals and put and and saying that we need a change in this country because that's not how we want to do this. But I wish we had more time to spend on this because on the immigration part, the United States is one out of the country, large countries is the most takes in the most immigrants from other countries. We are we 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 are friendly towards it. I think it's almost two million a year right now that are coming into the country, and it's a good thing. It's a great thing, but it has to be done in a process. And I don't want little kids getting tear gas. That's not the point. The point is uh, when people speak about what is happening, and and I and I think the reason you have to say this happened when Obama was in office too is because if you can respect the office more when Obama was in office. If you can look at it and you can see someone that you would like to relate to more than the one who's in office now, and you can see uh, yourself in that person, and he did the same thing that is going on right now, 
you have to ask yourself not what an animal he was, but how complex and difficult the situation is. Because when you have five to 7,000 people trying to make their way across the border, and when they were told in one, in one country that this is the time to go to the United States, that they're going to let you in, there's other people that are, that are causing this to happen who do want to cause problems here in this country. These people didn't come because they, they, they didn't think that they were going to get in. They were, came because they were told that they were going to get in. And to march this way, listen, I would love to have those people come to work here. If they're willing to march 2,000 miles on their feet to come to another country, I think we got people that want to be here. I, and I think that's fantastic, but we have to figure out a way to, to, for immigration policies to work. It just can't happen this way, and it's so complex and this is the other way that I'm going to twist this, that it hasn't been. I've, I've watched what the media said, and I watched the, the, the right saying, well, Obama did it, and you were okay with it. No one's okay with it. I'm going to say that if someone that you respected as much as Obama was going through the same situation and was handling it the same way that you don't like now, that you have this man that's doing it, and some of them said it's because of the way that he said it. That is the worst excuse whatsoever because true racism is, is hid through saying things the right way. And if that's what you're saying, then you're saying Obama did it the right way because he hid it from us. That's not what we need to say. We need to say that this comp problem is so complex and so difficult that even a man that we respect and we looked up to handled it this way because he did, there wasn't another alternative and we haven't figured it out yet. And so that's how complex this problem is. And we need to, we need to work on the problem. But I'm really tired of watching people fight back and forth and go, well, he did it. And then someone else says, well, he did it. And then he did it. And I'm not going to destroy Obama's legacy over this. this isn't, that wasn't, that's not the purpose of this. I have my issues with what, some of the things Obama did, and that's fine. And I will call them out, and I'll have those issues because I, I'm a reasonable person, and I can see things that I like and don't like. Uh, and it doesn't have to be, it's not about color. It, it's not about uh, Republican or Democrat. It's just my personal feelings. And I, I really think that we're in this tipping point where people have to start looking at the problem and stop pointing fingers. The minute Trump was elected, he was the enemy of the media and they made him the villain and they're still looking to make him the villain. But what they're going to do is they're going to, they're, they're now, as they find things that Obama was doing similar, similarly, it's trying to, it will dismantle someone else's legacy. And that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We need to fix the problems and stop pointing fingers at who, who did what. Amen. You, you, you're not going to... It's not, I just, I, I don't have anything to add other than what... I don't want to make this about, and I know part of it is, I don't want to make this about Obama versus Trump. And some of what you say about the media was looking to make him an enemy and all of that. We've gone down this road. Yeah. And again, I don't think the media has looked to do anything that Trump hasn't caused him or has put himself in a position to be done. Um, uh, you know what? Go ahead. I want to, I want to let you know. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. I don't, I, I you know, when we talk about kids in cages and they're still going to throw there, I heard them this morning when they were talking about this. Well, he didn't put kids in cages. Well, they tried to make it. Well, he did this, but he didn't do At least he didn't do this. Uh, I told you, I did the research that I could find. And in the research, it said, it said no one ever really did the research to find out if he put it in kids in cages. Now, here's the thing. If people were arrested at the border and they were taken away 
They weren't allowed. You can't put kids with adults in a jail. The kids have to be removed. So the kids were somewhere. There was a lawsuit where some of the kids were removed and on work camps or something, there was a lawsuit. So it did happen in the Obama era. Maybe he didn't put them in cages. He definitely didn't put them in animal pens like uh, this administration did. Right. But we still had separation in the kids. This is a more. This is a problem that doesn't deserve finger pointing. And then we wait for the next bad thing to go away, and we leave that problem there. Let me ask you this: How much have you heard about gun control in the last few weeks? Uh, I haven't been listening. Not because there's no problem. This is a 24-hour media cycle. It isn't. No one got shot yesterday. Well, somebody did. Uh, definitely, some people got shot, but no newsworthy shooting. Right. And so right now we're on uh, tear gas. We got to stop pointing fingers. It's not about the right or the left. It's about doing the right thing. And just because you're on the right, you think that the, it, it's, the ideology is off. We're both off, both sides, left and right. The people in the middle may have some ideas, but I don't even think they do anymore. I think everybody's caught up in, in, in just right. nothing but bullshit. We need to make changes, and we need to ask for changes, and we need to stop saying this person did this and this one did this. What do you want? What do you want to do to make changes? And then do them. If you can do a better job, you should start as a council member. You should start running for office. People should start doing different things. I, you know, you said maybe I should talk about it on stage and I, and I don't, but I would like to make some changes. So maybe I'll figure out a way to talk about it on change. And that might be the biggest change of all. Maybe. So I don't like talking about it on stage. I actually would like to have an enjoyable time, but I, I, I'm just tired of, of, of how we are looking to demonize one person so that we can feel better about who we're not. And as long as we allow those people to stay in the power and not make changes, it's exactly who we are. Mm. I'm done. There it is, brother. I ain't, you know, sometimes you just got to end on a strong statement. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Where is in it the, Arlington? Is it this? Is it? It's yeah, Arlington. Yeah, Arlington, Texas, this weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, said no show tomorrow. No show tomorrow. Wait, wait, wait. No, it's we're fr- just flying. I'm oh, sorry. Are, no, no, it? no. It's Thursday. Th- sorry, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's no Sunday show. Also, oh, Sunday show. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty much sure. Uh, let me check. Uh, in any event, uh, I can't preach to you guys enough. Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. Follow me on Patreon. And I love the fact that some of you have been sending in emails. Uh, Audrey Johnson, who I thought was a female. Uh, I keep calling this nigga boo, uh, but he corrected me. Uh, my bad, Audrey. Uh, it's a dude, and he's married. Uh, I'm still waiting on your uh, subscription to Patreon. But yes, uh, send us podcast topics and questions and what y'all want to talk about. Also, Harry Spears, uh, official on Instagram, Ari Spears, Facebook. I think I got my, my YouTube finally back up and running right. I wasn't making no paper from it because I had to take some videos down, but I think I got that right. And again, we just did some other people's podcasts, man. So look for us on uh, Adam Ray and Brad Williams on uh, About Last Night. And then uh, The Fugitive and The the Fighter. Kid, the, the Fighter. fighter the fugitive, fighter, fighter and the, the Kid. The Fighter and the Kid with um, Brian Callen. And Brendan Schwab. Um, yeah, and it is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, full weekend, baby. Yeah, I was uh, I was thinking about Cobbs. And we got Cobbs coming up. Um, what is Cobbs? The 14th, 15th, and 16th in San Francisco. So, so it's about to get real, baby. 
Uh, shit. Happy holidays. Uh, all that good shit. And uh, I think that's it, man. Uh, Andy Comedy, andycomedy.com. All my social media is in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, I added a new T-shirt, uh, which is the Chuckle the Fuck Up. Um, check it out if you want it. Get it. Um, and we got some other things coming up. We, you, Do we? No, nah, some other stuff. You got some stuff that you're going to have out here pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, but I don't want to. I know, know, I know. I didn't say we did, but yeah, we're working, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. working we, on we stuff. We're working on it. We're working on it. So, uh, Mazel Tov, y'all. Laheim. Uh, all that good shit. See ya. Pussy ass, nigga.